to imagine that you come home one day and you find a big, nice, pretty, beautiful gift just for you. Now, it's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. Someone just wants to give it to you because they love you. How would you feel? I would feel very loved. Well, God wants to give you a gift. Now, you don't deserve it, but he wants to give it to you just because he loves you. Let's see what the Bible says. Our memory verse for today is found in Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. Now you can know this verse is true because it's in the Bible, God's word. And you can know that there are 66 books in the Bible. 39 in the Old Testament, like I've told you before, and 27 in the New Testament. Now this book, where our verse is from, is the book of Ephesians, in the New Testament, part of the Bible. Now it says, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. But I just don't want you to learn the words of the verse. I want you to know what it means. So let's take a look at what this verse means. Ephesians 1, 7. Well, we know how to find the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is in the New Testament, and it's right after the book of Galatians. To find this verse, you first find the book, Ephesians, then you find the chapter, chapter 1, which is usually the big number, and then you find verse number 7. And the verses are the small numbers beneath the chapters. So now that we know how to find it, let's take a look at the meaning. In whom we have redemption. Redemption? What does that mean? Well, to have redemption, or to be redeemed, is to be rescued from something, because someone paid a price. You see, God loves you. And because he loves you, he sent his perfect son, the Lord Jesus, to earth to rescue you from your sin. And we know what sin is. It's the wrong things that we think, we say, and do. Everyone has sin and deserves to be punished for sin. But this verse says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In whom? Who's that talking about? In whom we have redemption. So who can rescue us from our sin? It's Jesus. In whom? It's talking about Jesus. In Jesus. In whom? In Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. We can be rescued from our sin's punishment because of Jesus' blood. That he shed or gave when he died on the cross. The forgiveness of sins. Well, you and I can have our sin forgiven because of what Jesus did. That he died on the cross and came back to life again. God showed his grace. That means his loving kindness. God showed his loving kindness or his grace to you by giving you something you don't deserve. You don't deserve to have a way to have your sins forgiven. But God gave you a way to have your sins forgiven because of his grace or his loving kindness to you. The last part of our verse says, according to the riches of his grace, according to God's grace, according to his loving kindness, 
Jesus died and took the punishment for your sin, and because he did that, you can be rescued. You can be saved from your sin's punishment. God wants to forgive your sin. That's why he sent Jesus to redeem you or to rescue you from your sin. You can call on Jesus today, trusting him to save you, and he will forgive you. Now, if you've already been redeemed by calling on Jesus to save you, then you can you can know that you have been rescued already from your sin's punishment. God lives in you, and he's going to work out everything for your good. God loves you. He has shown so much loving kindness to you, and you should tell God thank you if you have already called on him as your Savior. Our verse again is Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. God shows so much loving kindness to you that Jesus died and gave his blood to take the punishment for your sin. And you can be redeemed or rescued from your sin's punishment because of what Jesus did for you. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm so hungry I could eat an entire pig? And you must be very hungry to eat a whole pig. Sometimes people have gone hungry for many days in a row because there's so little food that's available to them. When that happens in a country for a long time, it's called a famine. And that was the situation that Joseph's family found themselves in. So let's remember that Joseph's brothers... They were very jealous of him. They were the ones who sold him to those merchant traders. Now those merchants, they were going off to Egypt, and that's where they sold Joseph as a slave. I told you about the famine that was coming to the land of Egypt. Joseph said that there would be seven good years with plenty, plenty crops, more than people could eat, and then there would be seven bad years with nothing. Nothing would grow. There would be a famine. The people would starve if something was not done. Now this famine, or this time where the crops were not growing, it was not only in Egypt, but it had spread to other countries, and hungry people from many different places were coming to Egypt. They came to get food, and that meant they had to see the governor. And who was the governor of Egypt? It was Joseph. And one day there was a group of ten men in the line for food. And when Joseph saw them, he must have been surprised because he realized who these men were. He recognized them. Now, they didn't recognize him, but he recognized them. They were his brothers. Well, this famine, as I just mentioned, it had reached to other places and it had even affected Joseph's family who lived in the Canaan. Jacob's family was starting to get hungry, and Jacob sent his ten older sons to Egypt. Remember Jacob? Jacob is the father, right? Joseph's father and 
all of his brothers, right? That's their father, Jacob. Okay, so remember about Jacob today. Jacob sent his ten older sons to Egypt because they had heard that there you could buy grain from the governor. Well, the youngest son, Benjamin, remember Benjamin? Benjamin was the second son of Rachel. Rachel was Joseph's mother. She had actually died while giving birth to Benjamin. Well, the youngest son, Benjamin, he stayed home with his father, Jacob. When Joseph's brothers got to Egypt, they stood right in front of him, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't see that it was Joseph. They didn't even know who this person was. They didn't recognize him at all. I would think that Joseph would be wearing Egyptian robes and that he may have had some type of head covering as well. And he was older. So sometimes when people get older and you haven't seen them in a long time, you may not recognize them. These brothers did not recognize Joseph. The last time they had seen Joseph was when he was a teenager. He was 17 years old when they sold him off to those merchants who were going to Egypt. But now he was 39 years old. The brothers bowed with their faces to the ground before the governor. And as Joseph looked at his brothers bowing before him, what do you think he remembered? If you remember a couple days ago, I told you about Joseph's dreams and how he dreamed that the sun and the moon and stars were bowing down to him, and he dreamed about the bundles of wheat bowing down to his. Now, it was kind of like it was coming true. His brothers were bowing down to him. The dreams God had given Joseph years before had come true. Joseph asked them, where did you men come from? And then the brothers, they said, we came from the land of Canaan to buy food. Well, Joseph, he said, you are spies. You've come to see how Egypt is suffering from this famine. And the brothers, they, they, they knew that spies were often put to death. And they said, no, no, they, 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 did, they did not want that to happen. But Joseph, he continued to accuse them. And the brothers tried to explain. They said, we, your servants are brothers. There's 12 of us. We have a younger brother back home with our father in Canaan, and one of our brothers is no more. If you want to prove you're not spies, Joseph said, one of you must go and get your younger brother and bring him here. The rest of you will be kept in prison until he returns. If you don't do this, I'll know you're spies. Oh, the brothers were put in prison for three days, and then they were brought before Joseph once again. And Joseph said to them, I have decided to keep just one of you here and let the rest of you take your food and go home. If you want to prove your honesty, bring your younger brother here to me. The brothers were saying amongst themselves, we are guilty because of our brother. They were thinking back to what they had done about Joseph, how they had sold him, how they threw him in that pit, how they deceived their father, Jacob. Reuben, the oldest brother, he said to his brothers, didn't I tell you not to harm him? Now we're being punished for what we've done. The brothers knew they were responsible for what they'd done. They deserved to be punished. They were guilty of sin against God and against Joseph. The Bible says that everyone is born guilty of sin, including you and me. It even says in the Bible in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one is perfect like God. 
you sin by breaking God's laws in what you think, say, and do. Perhaps you say things about others to hurt their feelings. Or maybe you make up lies or rumors about people. Your sin is not just against other people, but it's against God. And God is holy. He's perfect in every way. He hates sin. And the Bible says the punishment for sin is to be separated from God forever. You can't get rid of the problem of sin on your own. You might think your sin is not so bad, but just one sin makes you guilty before God. And Joseph's brothers, they knew they were guilty of this sin that they had done against Joseph and against God, and they believed they were getting the punishment that they deserved. They didn't know that Joseph could hear them and understand what they were saying. Hearing this conversation made Joseph cry. He quickly went to another room so his brothers wouldn't see him crying, and when Joseph returned, he sent his brother Simeon to prison, where he would stay until the others returned with the younger brother, Benjamin. Joseph ordered his servants to fill the brothers' sacks with grain, but there was one more thing to be placed in the top of the sacks. What was it? It was money. Joseph ordered servants to place the brothers' money back in the sack. The brothers had paid for the grain, but Joseph gave them back their money. He made the servants put it back in the sack of grain. After Joseph's servants loaded the grain, the brothers started for home, and they were sad because they had to leave Simeon behind in prison, and they also had to convince their father to let Benjamin go to Egypt. Along the way, they decided to stop to rest, and one of the brothers opened his grain sack to feed his animal. As he opened it, he may have been surprised, and he was saying, What is this? My money has been put into my sack. The brothers were so afraid. Now they were sure that God was punishing them for what they had done. When they arrived home, they told their father what happened. The man who was the governor of the land, he accused us of being spies. And when we denied it, he said he wouldn't believe us unless we brought our youngest brother to him. Until we do, Simeon is in prison there in Egypt. Simeon was one of the brothers. As the brothers emptied their sacks of grain, they realized the money was put back in each sack of grain. They were all afraid, and Jacob said to his sons, What is this you have done to me? You have taken away Joseph and Simeon, and now you want to take Benjamin? Never. The brothers could not convince Jacob to let Benjamin go. But after a while, the food went down, the grain kept getting less and less. They had to go back for more food. Jacob knew his family was hungry, and he said to his sons, Go to Egypt again. You gotta buy more food for our family. But Judah, one of the brothers, he reminded Jacob, the father, that um, the governor said that we need to bring back our younger brother. Jacob knew if he wanted to save his family from starving, he had to let Benjamin go to Egypt. So Jacob prepared gifts for the brothers to give to the governor. He gave them enough money to pay for the grain that they got last time and to get more. And Jacob must have been sad. He watched his sons leave and oh, he may have wondered if he would lose Benjamin too. In Egypt, Joseph saw his brothers coming and he saw that Benjamin was with them. He arranged to have dinner with them. And when the brothers were sent to Joseph's house, they were afraid they would be accused of stealing the money. They explained 
to one of the servants of Joseph that they had tried to pay for the grain. But the steward, uh, you know, the servant who was called the steward, just told him everything's fine. It's, it's okay. Well, then their brother Simeon, he was brought out from prison and he was brought to the house to be with the brothers. And oh, they were so glad to see him. And when Joseph arrived, the brothers gave him their gifts that Jacob had sent and they bowed low before him. And, and Joseph, he asked about their father and he was introduced to Benjamin, the youngest brother. Seeing his younger brother, it again made Joseph cry. He quickly went to another room where he cried again. Joseph returned when he was done crying, and the meal was served. And do you know what happened? The brothers were seated for the meal in the order that they had been born, in the order of their age. So the oldest one maybe sat at the farthest side of the table, and then the one that was second oldest sat beside him, and down and down until the youngest brother, they were seated according to age. That's amazing. Joseph knew how to seat them because he knew what kind of order they were born in, right? When Joseph served the food, he put five times more on Benjamin's plate. The brothers were amazed at this kind treatment from the governor, and even though they didn't deserve it, Joseph was showing God's love and kindness to them. And God has shown his kindness to you, even though you don't deserve it. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth, or God showed, his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You are special to God because he made you. And of all that God created, the earth, the planets, the stars, you are his most special creation. Even though God is holy, which means there's no sin in him, he's without sin, he knows that you have sinned, but he still loves you. God shows you his love in many ways, and some ways that he shows his love for you are giving you life and giving you a beautiful world to live in. But the greatest way that God showed his love for you was by giving you his son, the Lord Jesus, to die for your sin. And even though you don't deserve it, God showed his love and his kindness to you. And Joseph was showing God's love and kindness to his brothers, even though they didn't deserve it. And the brothers... After they were done eating, they paid for the grain and they were going on their way. And this time, Joseph again had his servants do something right before they left. Joseph had a cup, a very special cup. It was a silver cup. And Joseph told his servants to place the cup in Benjamin's sack of grain. Now, each brother had a sack of grain. The brothers... They stayed overnight in Egypt, and then they started out early the next day to go back home to Canaan. And this time they traveled. Oh, they must have been so happy. All of the brothers were together, except Joseph, remember? They thought Joseph was dead. Now they had grain to feed their families and to feed their animals. They must have been very happy just to go on home and that everything went well. They were just leaving Egypt when they saw a man coming after them. And it was a servant of Joseph. And the servant told them to stop. And he said, what have you done? Why have you done evil for good? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup? Now the brothers, they were shocked. They, they denied it. They said, we haven't done so, that. We haven't done that. No, we, you can search. Go ahead and search. If you find that one of us has your cup, you may have that one put to death and the rest of us will be your slaves. 
The servant said, just the one who is hiding the cup will be the slave. The brothers, they brought down their sacks of grain and the servant, he opened up each sack of grain. He started with the oldest one, Reuben, and then he went down and down and down the line until he finally reached Benjamin's sack. He opened Benjamin's sack and he found the cup. And wow, they found the cup. The brothers were shocked. They were afraid. They they knew this would not be good. If they went home and their brother Benjamin had to stay in Egypt and be a servant, this would be terrible. Their father would die of grief. This was going to be horrible. The brothers, they... um. They were shocked. They were filled with fear. They returned to Egypt. They were brought before the governor. That's Joseph. They fell to the ground before him. They must have been so scared. And Joseph said, what have you done? Didn't you think I would know who stole my silver cup? Judah spoke up for the brothers. What can we do to prove that we are not guilty? God has shown us our sin. There is nothing we can do but become your slaves. No, Joseph said, you will not all be my slaves, only the one who had the cup in his sack. The rest of you, go back to your father. Go in peace. Go back to your father. Judah, then he pleaded with Joseph, or he was begging Joseph. He explained how difficult it was for Jacob to let Benjamin go to Egypt with them. He told Joseph how Jacob, right, their father, was determined that Benjamin should not go, especially since his other son had been torn to pieces when he had left home many years ago. Do you remember who that other son is? It was Joseph. Remember how the brothers had given the coat of many colors to Jacob and how they had killed the animal and dipped the coat in the blood of that animal? And Jacob thought that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal and torn to pieces? Judah said, if we come to our father without Benjamin, he will die. I promised our father that if Benjamin did not return with us, I would take the blame forever. Please let me stay and be your slave and let Benjamin go home. Judah was so different. Years ago, Judah was the one who even suggested that the brothers sell Joseph to the, to the, to the merchants. But now see how he's changed? Joseph sent all the Egyptians out of the room, so all of his servants, he made them leave. Now he was alone with his brothers, and Joseph finally told his brothers, I am Joseph. The brothers were terrified. They were speechless. All of the terrible things they had said and done to Joseph must have been rushing through their minds. Now Joseph was a powerful man. What would he do to them? Joseph said, I am your brother whom you sold into Egypt as a slave. Don't be upset. It was really God who sent me here so I could save lives. God sent me here to save you and your families from death in this famine. In spite of all they had done, God helped Joseph offer forgiveness to his brothers. And in spite of all you've done, God offers forgiveness to you. In his great plan for you to be saved from sin, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to live on this earth to live a sinless or a perfect life, and then to be put to death on a cross. As Jesus suffered and bled and died, God punished him for your sin. And our memory verse today, Ephesians 1, 7, says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
according to the riches of his grace. After Jesus died and was buried, he came alive again, and now he lives in heaven ruling as king over all, and you can call on Jesus to save you from your sin. He will forgive you. He will help you live to please God. And because of God's grace or his loving kindness to you, he offers you forgiveness through his son, Jesus, even though you've sinned. And even though Joseph's brothers had been terribly mean to him many years before, God helped Joseph offer forgiveness to them. Before the brothers could say a word, Joseph told them his plan. He said, hurry, go tell my father, tell him about me. Tell him to come down here to Egypt. You have to live here near me. Bring your families. I'll take care of you. The brothers, they must have been amazed. Joseph was alive and he, was, he wasn't planning to get even with them. He was not going to take revenge. Though they didn't deserve it, Joseph's brothers were completely forgiven. After many more tears and hugs between these brothers, they hurried back to Canaan. They may have been so excited. In Canaan, they told their father the wonderful news. Joseph is alive. He is the governor of Egypt. I'm sure Jacob, the father, could hardly even believe what the brothers were saying. But then they packed up. They moved to Egypt. Oh, they must have been so happy. And for the next 17 years, Joseph's family lived there in Egypt. And then Jacob died at an old age. And the brothers, they were again afraid thinking that Joseph might try to get even with them after Jacob died. But they were wrong. Joseph, he reassured them. He said, don't be afraid. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Joseph wanted his brothers to understand that God is sovereign. That means that God is in control of all things. He takes care of his children, and he can take even the worst problem and bring good out of it. God can bring good out of your bad problems too. And if you believed in Jesus, if you know him as your savior, God can work all things together for your good. You may not understand why things happen in your life, but you need to remember that God is in control of everything. He is sovereign. He is in control of everything. And as his child, you can be sure God will bring good things from whatever is going on, even if it seems impossible. The Bible says in Romans 8:28, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. God is working out his plan in your life. God worketh all things together for our good. God is working out his plan in your life. He wants you to trust him. He can take even your worst problem and bring good out of it. And Joseph wanted his brothers to see that God brought good from this terrible situation that he was sold into Egypt, but God meant it for good. And even though they meant to do evil to him, God brought good from it. The Bible says Joseph spoke kindly to his brothers, and he comforted them. Joseph's brothers, they must have been so thankful they were completely forgiven, even if they didn't deserve it. God provided a way for you to be completely forgiven too, even though you don't deserve it. The Lord Jesus, God's Son, died and rose again so you don't have to be punished for your sin. The Bible says in Romans 10:13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10:13. To call on the name of the Lord, well, that means to put your trust completely in Jesus as the only one who can forgive your sin. And when you do that, God says you'll be saved from your sin's punishment. He will make you to live a life that pleases him. 
and you will never be separated from God because of your sin. Are you willing to turn from your sin and call on Jesus to save you? If you are ready to do that, you can tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. I believe you died and rose again. I am calling on you to save me and to change me on the inside to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you truly do call on Jesus to save you from your sin's punishment, he will save you, and that is the most wonderful decision you could ever make. If you would like to read about Joseph forgiving his brothers from the Bible, you can read about it in Genesis chapters 42 through 45, chapters 46, 47, and 50 in the book of Genesis. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.